The University of Mary, we believe, as did St. John Paul II, that truth is known through both faith and reason. Human reason seeks the truth, but ultimate truth about life cannot be found by reason alone. In today's challenging higher education scene, the University of Mary is flourishing because our mission is to help students live fully in this way, not just existing, but really living. We offer education for the whole of life, and that's the difference. Discover the Mary difference at cometomary.com. That's cometomary.com. This is Father Brian Cuiava of the Diocese of Crookston. One of my favorite things in the entire world is spending time in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You know, Jesus gives himself to us in his body and his blood in the Holy Eucharist, and it's such a gift for him to be like living in our midst in a very special and unique way. He's with us in the Holy Eucharist where he gives us his body and his blood, not only for us to consume at Holy Mass and Holy Communion, but also so that we can go to him periodically throughout the day, periodically throughout the week, throughout the months, uh, whatever it is, to spend time with him, just to simply adore him to offer our prayers to Him, to offer our suffering, to talk to Him about our joys and and our struggles, to just simply be with Him. So I just really want to encourage you to to find a church where the Blessed Sacrament is found and to spend some time there just to adore Jesus and simply be with Him and to rest with Him in silence. Real Presence Radio is now on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, OK, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use words like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, now on Google Assistant devices. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody! It's the top of the hour. I'm Father Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz. And we are the Sons of Thunder! Oh, man, we just had a great break, having a nice conversation in the background. We hope everybody out there is having a great day. You call in and tell uh, us how, how great your right. day is. Right. You know what? And the other thing we were thinking of, if you want to, like, just Facebook in, like, you need some prayer, uh, you don't even have to, you know, Use say names or you anything? Are. We yeah. don't, you can just say, I don't even want it on, I don't even want it on the air, but we, we'll pray for you, you know, or if you're hurting out there someplace, you know, everybody has a bad day, everybody's going through something, but if you look at your life, God always gets you through it. And in retrospect, we some of the most painful things have, have turned out to be some of the greatest blessings. Uh, and God is pulling, you know, your salvation out of, you know, whatever you're in at any particular moment to the best of his ability. So don't give up on Jesus. He's on your team. As we were talking about earlier, it's the month of May. Don't give up on the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, <coughs> who wants to have a personal relationship with you. You know, we don't really talk about that. We always talk about a personal relationship with Jesus. But... I'm telling you, there's a personal relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary that 
uh, is a relationship unto itself. And the Lord's relationship with her was one of the most beautiful ever to exist in history. And he wants you to be able to have you know, that same relationship. So if you're in that place of pain, maybe pick up a rosary and just, just uh, say a decade of that rosary. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, our guest is here. We're gonna, uh, her name is Denise Stoppelworth. And, uh, you know, life can, life can be an adventure when it comes to children. One family went through a long process of adoption, uh, and this was Denise. Uh, will share about her journey with her husband and their three kids. Good morning, Denise. Are you there? I sure am. Good morning. Thank hey. you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We want to hear your uh, story about the blessing of the adoption of your kids, but before that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. I am... Grew up in central North Dakota in a small town and moved to the Fargo area to go to college and kind of have been here since. I own my own business um, that I run with my husband, Kevin, and we have three um, biological children as well. Our oldest is 22 and our youngest biological child is 14. And then we adopted three little boys out of foster care. So now we have the youngest two and the oldest 22. Wow. Yeah, so when you say you adopted three, is that are they like triplets or something, or are they no. three separate? Okay. No, but they were they were brothers, so they're all biological brothers, and it was important to us um, to keep them together. We started as foster parents. That's really where our journey began is um, we felt called to be foster parents, and we got a placement of two little boys, and um, they had been with us for about a year when mom had another baby and um, we got a call to see if we would take that baby as well um, and so i remember at that point the older boys um, tayden who was the youngest at that time in our house he uh, wasn't sleeping through the night and you know we were older now so we were struggling with that and I went into um, my husband's office and I said okay we have an hour to decide because they were removing him and um, said you know can we do this and I was kind of teary-eyed I said I don't know if I can do more sleepless nights and running our own business and all of that and he looked at me and he said they're brothers and we owe it to them to at least try so um, we tried, and we've still got them, and our life is crazy and chaotic, but we love them <laughs> to pieces. Have you seen uh, that new Mark Wahlberg movie, Insta Family? You, Insta Family, yeah. <laughs> You know, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard a lot of people come up and tell us we need to go see it, <laughs> right, but we have right. not made it there. Uh, it's an absolutely phenomenal movie. I you can't recommend it enough to people. It's, um, you know, it's for, a roller coaster yeah, of emotion, it, it, but, too. But I'm sure your life is. But one of the, what you're speaking to right now uh, is one of the main undercurrents of the film. And I, I was watching it with uh, Father Nelson and Father Krebs up in, at St. Leo's in Minot, and the... We came to see, it was a great show, but we came to see that, like, we didn't understand a lot of the underlying dynamics of how the whole foster care and adoption system works, you know, and in the case when you're dealing with, in some cases, a whole family, you know, and in, 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 like three brothers, as you're saying, you know, now, you know, and one of them might be quite a bit older, and that's kind of what comes out in this show, and anyway, so I, I really want to commend you, I mean, I, yeah, no I, I would imagine... Uh, not only familiarly, uh, but but also it must have been a real spiritual experience. Did you feel called by God to 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 kind of walk this road? Absolutely, um, and and I will tell you that God has done wondrous things for our family and with our faith through this journey. But where we started really and and why we got interested in foster care our first goal was not necessarily to adopt but um 
as I said, I own my own business and I was talking to an employee one day about just being very pro-life and, and she did not share those same views. And um, her response to me was basically, you know, yeah, you pro-life people, you're all about trying to save the baby and, and, you know, you want them to be born, but do you care about them after they're born? What are you doing hmm. for all those children that are born into difficult circumstances? Um, and that really weighed heavy on my heart because I don't believe that any of us pro-life people don't um, support the children after they're born or don't want to see them thrive and grow. Amen. But I said, are we doing enough um, as our family? And, and one of my daughters, Anna, was really motivated to do um, foster care as well. So she had been praying for a long time. And and I guess the other thing I say is, you know, sitting in church when I would hear that scripture reading, to whom much is given, much is required, um, we kept saying, are we really doing enough? Is there more we can be doing? Yes, we're, we're giving money or we're supporting organizations, but could we do more? So we decided to take that leap into foster care. And oddly enough, these boys were our very first placement. Um, and they just stayed with us a long time. We fell in love with them and they became family. And, and when we could see they weren't going back to mom, um, we have a great relationship with the birth mom and the birth family. And um, she asked if we would ever consider adopting them. And we said, absolutely, we can't imagine our family now without them. How old are they? Um, so the oldest is seven and then three and two. Oh, so they're just little yet. Yep. Well, that's nice. I'm sure they kind of get almost, you know, they grow up with your family then, and they've never really known any, you know, culture or familiar culture outside of your own family. Absolutely. The oldest boy definitely has lots of memories still of, of being at home, and we're trying to um, maintain some connection with the birth family. And, you know, I think that's the, there's a lot of surprising things about foster care and a lot of things you learn along the way. Um, and one of it for me, too, was just, the heartbreak that you feel for um, the mom that is struggling and the mom that does lose um, rights to her children because it's very clear that she loves them as well but just is not in a place where she can care for them. Right. And a lot of the times, you know, this whole process is just a really complicated one. I mean, on one end, you, you're right, and I've, I've worked with certain people, you know, encouraging them to give their children up for adoption because of drug addiction or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, if all of a sudden they change their mind and start fighting that process, or on the other end, I think it would be fairly scary. You know, you're, you're welcoming new children into your life, <coughs> but if it doesn't work out, you've invested all of this emotional energy into it. And then all of a sudden, those children are taken, you know, taken away and given back to the, the, you know, the birth parent. Absolutely, and I do think that that is a, a scary challenge that a lot of foster parents face. We did not, you know, obviously go through that because the boys have stayed with us. But there were some very real times. I mean, the first year for sure of their placement with us, um, reunification was definitely the goal, and and we knew that's what we were working toward. And and I'm not exactly sure what that would have meant for our family. Well, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in to Real Presence Live. Uh, we are the hosts. I'm Father Justin Waltz. I'm Father Josh Waltz. Brothers in blood. Brothers in the priesthood. <laughs> we are talking to Denise Stoppelworth <laughs> here. All, all about foster care. Denise has adopted, uh, if you're just tuning in, three brothers, which is extraordinarily uh, interesting. We're talking to her uh, about that entire process. Maybe you could just um, tell us a little bit more, Denise, about uh, 
why someone should look into foster care, whether you have children, if you don't have children, you know, what can they expect? How does that look like on the onset of the process? Absolutely. Um, there is such a need for foster parents, and I think that's why we felt so called to do it. But at the same time, I can tell you the, uh, the effects you have on the children and the effects on your own family are amazing. Um, just being able to watch the way God worked, not just through our immediate family, um, but extended family as well, and how they opened their arms and embraced. You know, I had gotten more distant with my sister and bringing these three boys into our lives. She has just loved on them, and that relationship has improved. Um, and just looking at the effect it's had overall, seeing with the boys, um, especially the oldest, who was four when he came into care, um, not having kind of a consistent father figure, and my husband was just phenomenal with him, and seeing that change in him um, was amazing. So I think there's so many rewards that come, not only from you know actually being able to see the help that you're giving the children, but the blessings in your own life and the way that your own family grows spiritually, um, learns to prioritize differently. It's, it's just, I get so many compliments on my kids now on what amazing kids they are. And, and I believe it's because of how God has worked in them through this process. Awesome. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking as you were talking, like, <clears throat> so how, how are the other kids adapting uh, in this process? Because that's got to be a learning curve too a little bit, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my oldest was out of the house already before we brought the boys in, but um, the two younger biological children have just really loved them. I mean, my son is going to make a great father someday because he has changed diapers and dealt with <laughs> spit up and, you know, you name it. Um, so his wife hopefully will be very happy with me. And my other daughter that's at home, she's like a second mom. She's graduating this year and going off to college. So um, that's going to be big and different for us for sure but you know it's not that there weren't struggles you change your family dynamic immensely um, things that we were able to do before we can't because I'm stretched thin and don't have the time um, and the kids are helping out so definitely there are changes um, but also huge rewards and and I will tell you no matter what when my 22 year old's at home she sits next to the two-year-old at the table and those two can still fight and I sit there and go how can 22 and 2 fight but they find a way yeah, but you know, my godmother, uh, Denise, has uh, also adopted um, her and her husband, and I can kind of resonate, well, both Father Josh and I obviously are from the same family, but we can resonate with that. I, you know, over the years, just getting to know her kids, uh, they're, I mean, they're our, they're our family, and it's so much so that it's, uh, we're doing uh, Cece's wedding coming up here in September, and it's just, just such a, a beautiful testament to the dignity of life. And the human family, you know, that, that's, that's at, you know, the larger concept of it. And I mean, at the end of the day, like you were saying earlier with, with abortion, I really, really think you hit it on, on the head there that it, you know, we, we say a lot about saving the child, but it's the, what's causing the abortions to begin with are what are we going to do with this child? You know, and that's a very scary thing for a lot of people. And if, you know, the main cultural narrative was, no, adoption is the most beautiful thing. If you, you know, can't provide and support your baby, there's another family that wants a baby. Maybe they have children, they, you know, they want to adopt. I mean, that whole adoption sort of cultural concept uh, would just be 
truly magnificent if we could get to that. So I want to thank you, Denise, for your witness to the gospel, to your witness to life. and the Yeah, this, sh- it's sharing. heroic. Yeah, it is heroic. Truly You're, heroic. One, you, one would be heroic. Three. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you and your husband are heroic, and I'm sure you would say that you've done it all out of love and it's nothing. But to hear stories like this are very touching for me uh, as a priest. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Is there anything else you'd like to add for maybe people who might be considering this who are listening right now? I would just say, you know, take the leap. It, it is a blessing to your family and a blessing to the kids as well, and well worth um, that investment. And awesome. thank you guys for, for bringing me on and letting me talk about it. You've been a blessing to have on. Thank you, Denise, and have a great day. You too. Well, thank you. Up next, it's time to take the 10-minute tour. The 10-minute tour. 10 minutes of fun uh, coming at you. Mike Kudrowski is going to be with us. He's going to run you through what's going around in the listening area. And later in the show, if you're a Catholic man searching for a vocation, uh, have you ever thought about checking out the seminary? God could be calling you coming up next on Real Presence Live. Get ready for the 10-minute tour. This is Real Presence. This is Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, live on the Real Presence Radio Network. I've heard people speak about the difference once they've started to listen to Catholic radio. Mm-hmm. And it's that presence of, of a positive voice and really a voice that speaks the truth that comes from God throughout your day. It really does make a difference. You know, and sometimes you don't know how much you need it until you happen to turn on the radio and hear just the thing that, that's for you, you know, the message that, that God has for you that day. And so I think I would say that not just the difference in, in individuals, but even a difference in the same person from, you know, from before they listened to now or to you know, that moment when they tune in at just the right time. I think it's important for all of us to step up personally and the, the term we hear a lot is sacrificial giving. Just a little bit, that act of, of giving that support really is, is our participation in the body of Christ. And, and uh, things like uh, Real Presence Radio are, are what keep the, the life and the connection to the gospel within our daily lives, and that's so important. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. Our number is 701-223-2424. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest additions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at one 800 477 2425 
or online at abbusiness.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you local hosts and guests from across the region. Now back to the show. And we are back at the Bismarck Studios in Bismarck, North Dakota. The Sons of Thunder taking a well-deserved break. And I'm Mike Kidrowski leading you through the 10-minute tour. And there we have it. We have Aaron's car chasing us around the network, keeping us on time. And first of all, folks, we go to Duluth, Minnesota, where we have Marie on the phone talking about Built Upon a Rock Fest. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. And thank you for being on the live show this morning. What's going on in Duluth? Uh, so we're planning our third annual Built Upon a Rock Fest. Um, and that is a Catholic concert, a free Catholic concert, held on the grounds of our cathedral here in Duluth. Um, and the date for it is September 14th. So Saturday evening, September 14th. Um, we'll start off with Mass in the cathedral at four o'clock and then um the concert gates will open at five and then we will have our headlining act father kevin mcgoldrick uh from nashville tennessee we're flying him in for uh, i'm sorry he, he's our headlining act our opening act is damon catherine um and then our headlining act is um father kevin mcgoldrick and the, it's a free event you do not have to register. You just come on over. Um, we also will have free food, and there will be concession available throughout the event. And we also have adoration going on in the cathedral throughout the event as well. So um, wonderful! Yeah. What a wholesome, uh, what a wholesome, uh, holy event going on in Duluth. Uh, this is September fourteenth. And mass yes. starting at four uh, four p.m. and the uh, concert doors open at five. Is that right, uh, Marie? That's right. Yep, that's right. Okay. And uh, did I hear this right? This is free. Yes, all free. Yep. Wonderful. Free, free and, and free food. So all all supplied by generous donors um, and and parishes. Parishes. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> to those generous donors to make this wonderful event happen. Thank you, Marie. You have a great blessed day, and uh, good luck with your event. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Now we go to uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, a women's conference entitled Beloved. The Diocese of Sioux Falls is excited to announce their second women's conference, Beloved, at the Sioux Falls Convention Center, June 15th. It is an opportunity for women who do so much to serve their families, churches, and communities to rest and receive the Father's love. How nice is that? Uh, their desire is for you to leave refreshed and renewed and reminded. Now get this, reminded of who you are and whose you are. Now let me say that again. Reminded of who, W-H-O, you are, and whose, W-H-O-S-E, whose you are. Experience a joyful day filled with inspiring speakers, moving times of prayer and fun with family, uh, friends. Be immersed in what is truly what it truly means to be a beloved daughter of God. For tickets or more information, visit www.sfcatholic.com. 
www.sueffort.org and look for Women's Conference. Well, all the best to Sioux Falls and that wonderful Diocese of Sioux Falls. And uh, again, uh, that is a, a Women's Conference in Sioux Falls on June 15th called Beloved. Now we go to Sawyer, Minnesota, the Sawyer Pilgrimage Site. During the 125th anniversary of the diocese, St. Saint Mary and Joseph Church in Sawyer, Minnesota invites Catholics to a pilgrimage site which includes the oldest altar and stations of the cross in the Diocese of Duluth and a log church which is on the National Register of Historic Sites. Now, uh, for more information, please call Deacon Brian Bassa at 218-384-4563. All right, going on now to uh, North Dakota. We have Annette on the phone uh, talking to us about the Trinity Youth Camp. Hello and good morning, Annette. Good morning to you also. What's going on uh, uh, with the Trinity Youth Camp? This is exciting, folks. you got to listen to this. It is an exciting time for us. Actually, this is our 41st year of Trinity Youth Camp since its inception. We have had um, three camps each summer. Now we've increased to four camps, and they are at Red Willow Bible Camp in the eastern part of the state. We have two camps at Pelican Lake, which is up near Lake Metagoshi, and then our third camp is at Camp of the Cross near Garrison. Now we have our campsites that are rented from Lutheran camps, and it has been a wonderful ecumenical exchange, um, allowing us to interact um, with our faith and children as well as attending um, camps that are not of our faith. Um, we have Red Willow, Pelican Lake, and Camp of the Cross coming up again this summer. And we have an average of from 90 to 100 campers at each campsite. Um, our camps are run by um, our staff that includes our counselors, our, our directors, and um, of course our parents that support camp by sending their children to camp. Our, our mission is to bring children of our Catholic faith together to enkindle in them the fire and love of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a natural camp setting. All they right. Are well, they thank are. you, Annette. Thank you very much for joining us. And for more information, go to trinityyouthcampnd.com. Thank you very much. You have a great day, uh, Annette, and uh, good luck with your camps. Thank you, and God bless you all. And now we go to Western South Dakota on the 7th Annual Bishop's Fishing Tournament for Seminarians. You are invited to join Bishop Robert Groose, priests and seminarians for the 7th Annual Bishop's Fishing Tournament on Friday, June 21st, and starts at 7.30 a.m. Registration and fishing rules announced at Padre Hall connected to the church. Following the day of fishing, Bishop Groose will celebrate Mass followed by a fish fry dinner, awards presentation, and a silent auction. Contact the Western South Dakota Catholics Foundation, Tim Henderson, at 605-343-3541 for a brochure to sign up uh, online at www. 
WSDCF.org. Come and support our seminarians. Now we go on to, uh, let's see, that location is St. John the Evangelist Church uh, in Fort Pierre, South Dakota. Now going on to uh, Fargo, we have a post-abortion care group for women and Project Rachel offers a post-abortion support group for women who have begun their healing journey through the Sacrament of Confession or a Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. The group meets the fourth Monday of every month at a designated location in the Fargo area. These monthly gatherings consist of a half-hour meditation before the Blessed Sacrament, followed by a time for sharing. Confidential registration is required. To register and to learn the location, please call 844-789-4829. That number, again, is 844-789-4829. Well, that wraps up today's 10-minute tour, folks. Thanks for joining us. We feature this every Real Presence Live. If you'd like to have your event featured, please call Brandon at 877-795-0122, and we'd be very happy to feature it. Coming up next, you're not going to want to miss it. The Sons of Thunder are back. And men, are you discerning a call to be the to the priesthood? Stay tuned to hear more. And later, we're ready to take you around the world and hear our Catholics, how Catholics are impacted near and far. Real Presence Live continues, folks, on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. At the University of Mary, we offer a world-class education that's truly affordable. 99% of our students receive scholarships, and we offer a groundbreaking year-on-campus option to earn your bachelor's degree in just 2.6 years or a master's in four. That means less cost, less debt, and a tremendous boost in your lifetime earnings. For these reasons and more, we're the nation's most affordable, serious Catholic university. Discover more at cometomary.com. That's cometomary.com. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. 
Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. It's 10.30, everybody, and we're live from Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm Father Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz. And we are the Sons, Sons of, of Thunder. We have a very special guest here. Uh, Father John Anderson is going to be with us today uh, for the next segment. If you're a Catholic man discerning the priesthood, have you considered giving seminary a try? That's a question that I've said to about a thousand kids, young men. Uh, Father John Anderson of the Diocese of Superior, Wisconsin, is going to share his thoughts on the beginning stages of discernment of seminary life. So, Father, are you there? I am here. Good morning, gentlemen. Good you, morning, brother. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. How about yourselves? We're doing okay. Tell, what's going on on the front lines of vocations? <laughs> well, there's... There's many things we have. Uh, I, I know we're going to talk about it. We have a St. Andrew dinner coming here, and we have just other activities we're trying out for the spring, extreme or summer, I hope, extreme faith camp and some discernment things, and hopefully they'll all come together. Thank you for being on the air with us, Father John. Maybe you could tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself this morning. Well, I'm... I'm um, I'm on the older end of the spectrum. I've been ordained. I st- I'll be celebrating 26 years in a couple weeks. 26 oh, awesome. years of ordination. Congratulations. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. And I uh, so, but I entered seminary as what they called in those days a delayed vocation. I entered in my late 20s because I hesitated a little bit with um with a for a number of different reasons. But I entered, and I've been serving now here in the diocese of Superior for all these years, and have loved every minute of it. That's awesome. <clears throat> when when you said, uh, you know, yes to starting your own journey to seminary, what, what were you experiencing? You know, like, what was going on? Anxieties, fears, peace, joy, whatever. I'll be very honest. My biggest anxiety was that I was never considered um, what you would call a great student. And so um, <laughs> it's not that I struggled with studies, but the social aspect, I just like visiting with people at school rather than doing the work, you know. So I went to college and, and tried that out for a little bit, and then I went to vocational school and got a journey. But the, the thought of going to seminary for another four to eight years, I, I just didn't know if I could accomplish it. Where did you go to seminary? I went to seminary down in Hales Corners, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, south side of Milwaukee at Sacred Heart Seminary, and at the same time completed my um, degree at university at, at Cardinal Stritch University, also on the north side of Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went down there. <clears throat> I've been vocation director here in the diocese for six years, and <clears throat> we were kind of for the, the delayed vocations. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because you kind of wonder if, you know, should you put a man who's a little bit older in with, you know, college, not even college, but you know, post-grad guys who are in their 20s, or is it better to kind of, you know, keep them, because they're a little bit, they're a lot more mature, hopefully, and a lot more formed, um, mm-hmm. to keep them kind of in a seminary of your own. So what, what was your experience at Hales Corner? Because I, I went there, my, 
one of the old psychologist at the North American College, um, uh, Monsignor Ross Schechterly, actually became rector, and I went down to visit him and just see if we wanted to send there and kind of you know experience the seminary. But what was, what was it like, you know, being in that older community? Well, I don't want to say older community. <laughs> yeah, a community well, was, of, of grown men. We said that with each other. It was yes. I, I was the. I was I entered at twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and I was the second youngest um, person in the seminary at the time because at that time there was not um, St. Francis Seminary in Milwaukee was still on their own campus, so we were two separate campuses did things together. So I was the second youngest, but you know it 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 over the years it became a great thing at at the start. You know, with my own personal stubbornness and maybe a bit of that sinful arrogance, I thought, well. These guys, you know, but it became it became really, really good, and and some became very close brothers and friends that I still keep in contact with. Yeah, I think I went to the Pontifical College uh, Joseph Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio, and one of my best seminary friends while I was there was uh, now Father Jim Altman uh, mm-hmm. from the Diocese of Green Bay, and he was like you know twenty years older than I was at the time. Um, but right. it's kind of sometimes it's nice to have you know they're a lot wiser you know mm-hmm. twenty years in and or older and it, it, you know a lot of support. Did you have support groups then in the the seminary in the discernment process? I did. I did. Well, of course, as as you know, the formation groups were right, your formation years. Right. We had we had those groups, but I have well, like I have a very close priest friend that still I keep in contact with. We do things together from Prince Edward Island, Canada. So, you know, the 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 varied people from all over. So I had a good peer group that we would. One of our traditions was to go out on on in Milwaukee's the big fish fry and Friday mm-hmm. night fish fries, and we'd we'd do that, and and sometimes go out to other churches on Sunday just to go experience ma- other churches, other Catholic churches, right. to experience you know mass off campus just to get a taste of parish life and not be um, away from that all the time. So the, we had peer groups that did just things like that. Well, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I know we all had very unique experiences in summer. Who was the bishop of uh, Milwaukee while you were there? When I was there, oh, now I got, um, it was Archbishop <laughs> Weekland at the time. It was uh, Weekland. Weekland. <laughs> bishop, bishop, bishop Skilba was the auxiliary. Okay, okay. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to Real Presence Live. We are speaking with Father John Anderson. Uh, having a nice conversation about seminary formation, his own experience with seminary formation. Uh, let's move it, Father John, to what you're, the work you're doing uh, as vocation director. You know, if a Catholic man is discerning a potential call to the priesthood, uh, you know, what, what do you say to encourage him? Well, and just, you know, we have a vocation team. I, I mean, I went to the vocation conference last year, but we're kind of doing a team approach, so I'm, I'm one of the committee, but... The, the one of the first things that we talk to him about, and some of our younger priests, I kind of try to affirm to them because they're so much better at it. But they, um, you know, what's your prayer life like, and 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 um, are you praying about this, and are you, you know, hearing it from other people? And then we usually try to give them, you know, some of the the wonderful books that are out there, you know, for vocation work. Yeah, you know, what when you refer to books, which ones? Because I know <clears throat> where where we are here. Uh, uh, in North Dakota, I, the, one of the, the two that I hand out probably the most, you know, regularly are "To Save a Thousand Souls," and then the other one is actually one of our diocesan priests uh, here in Bismarck, Monsignor Tom Richter, is "Jesus Calling You to Be a Priest." 
Do you have? You and know, we use we use both of those as well. Mm, yes, good deal. Save a thousand souls has been the key one, but now we also <laughs> use the one. Yep, the other one from your pre, your brother priest Monsignor. I, lo- I love Monsignor Richter. He always said he's like you know all these guys have books, and he's like my dream was to write a pamphlet. <laughs> it's true. Much what true. It is, though, right? it's, yeah. It's, it's, oh yeah. Video. He's like I put more pictures than words in it. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, in our, our last little time here, we got a couple minutes left. This St. Andrew's dinner. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? The the event you have coming up. Sure, we're having a St. Andrew's dinner here in New Richmond, and for those who don't know New Richmond, we're right across the border from the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, on, on, on Wisconsin, and um, <clears throat> we are having a St. Andrew dinner, which is a night that that um, young men of, of middle school all the way up through whenever college or above can come and just have a few hours with um, some of my brother priests and with um, we have some priest parents coming and they're going to do a session for the we ask these young men to bring their parents if they wish um, so the night starts out with a with a meal that our local knights at Columbus God bless them they do the whole meal they don't take a dime for it last year they made roast beef and baked potatoes I mean they just they, they, they don't they don't hold back and then um, we, we we have times where priests can tell their stories times for questions and um, the, that's the basically out on the night and then we end with evening prayer usually the bishop would come and he did come last year but the bishop and I and a few others we we screwed up on schedule and he's double booked and he feels horrible but he can't be here because he has a mass at the cathedral that night Oh shoot! Yeah, it is, it is nice to have the bishop at those St. Andrews dinners, uh, folks. Yeah. Again, that is a dinner for young men discerning the priesthood. It's in Richmond, Wisconsin, Wednesday, May 29th, from 5:30 to 8:30 p.m. Uh, the contact for that is our guest today on the radio, Father John Anderson. For more info, you can email him at fj.anderson at frontier.com, or you can call the office seven one five two four six. 4652 extension 226. Any uh, final comments, Father John? Just you can come whether you're from our diocese or not. We'd love to have you join us. All right. Well, I'm going to send some guys. <laughs> are you sure? That's not that far from North Dakota. Yeah, are, you guys, are, you guys, are you guys, are you paying for plane tickets? Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't have an airport. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a good one, Father John. Thanks for what you do, uh, well, guys. God bless you. You, you too. God bless you. <laughs> Uh, once again, we want to thank Father for being on with us and talking about the building and answering the call to discernment and this opportunity for young men coming up. We are ready to take you around the world in 60 seconds and let you know that Catholic, Catholic lives, lives matter. matter. Stay tuned to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Real Presence Radio is now on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, OK, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls or play AM 970. 
or play WWEN. From there, you can use words like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, now on Google Assistant devices. France, an enchanting country known for its elegance and richness and an incredible Catholic history spanning centuries, set out to explore this history on the Saints and Sanctuaries of Catholic France pilgrimage, October 10th through the 20th, 2019, with spiritual director Father Chuck Huck. You'll have a chance to pray at St. Catherine of Labouret Church in Paris, explore the Basilica of St. Therese of Lisieux, spend two days in Lourdes, plus so much more. To reserve your seat, visit worldstrides.com slash register. Trip number 166594. I remember Fulton Sheen saying that uh, he would say something like, there might be thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that claim to be anti-Catholic in the United States, but the fact is there's probably only four or five of them. Yeah. Because people are anti what they think are is Catholic. Exactly. There's a, they take it from a misunderstanding of the faith. And this is, you know, is a great segue to, to help uh, support Catholic Radio because you know it's EWTN Radio, it's Real Presence Radio that gives us the accurate teaching of the church. There's yep. so much misinformation out there that this is one of those great medias that we have in our local area that gives us the truth, the teaching. Not what people say is the church's teaching, but the real church's teaching. It's edifying to hear how real presence or affects your lives in a very practical way and there are tens of thousands of other couples in our listening area that have their own story about how Real Presence Radio affects them in, in a very positive light. And we all have stories about how Real Presence Radio has uh, affected our lives in practical ways, in theological ways, in spiritual ways. It's such a gift. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Father Josh Waltz. And I'm Father Justin Waltz, and and we are the Sons of Thunder. We're getting ready to go around the world in 60 seconds, everyone. Pay attention, put your seatbelts on, and let's rock and roll. Limiting the number of Muslims allowed to immigrate to traditionally Christian nations would be a prudent decision on part of politicians, said U.S. Cardinal Raymond Burke. Quote, to resist large-scale Muslim immigration, in my judgment, would be responsible. Islam believes, after all, to be destined to rule the world. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to see that that, what has happened in Europe? Burke is a light to the world. Pro-life leaders applauded passage of abortion bill in Alabama by passing a bill to ban abortion in nearly all circumstances. The Alabama legislature has recognized that abortion is the extinguishing of a unique human life, and from conception to natural death, every single human life Life deserves to be protected by law, said the CEO president of the Americans United for Life. Way to go, Bama! Catholic priest slain by criminal gang in El Salvador, Father Cecilio Perez Cruz, was reportedly refused to pay protection fees to a well-known criminal gang. The 38-year-old priest was reportedly shot dead by a presumed gang member while he slept in his parish rectory. <coughs> Martyr! Cardinal Seurat endorses the notes of Pope Benedict XVI, quote, how could you summarize the thesis of Pope Benedict XVI? Allow me to simply cite him. True Pope, true saint, winner. We're going to talk about that right now as we go into Catholic Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. All right, everybody. It's always you. great. Just give me the drop in the beat. Give, it, <laughs> give me the beat. That's always how we roll. And we're going to roll deep and, and strong with Pope Benedict today. Pope Benedict, who many times we forget that that light to the world is not dead, but just retired. And he- <laughs> Came out he is no- not- <laughs> he's just retired, and he's like 90-something now, and every now and then, you know, we'll kind of get back to why did he retire, it was health reasons and all this, but he came out from, you know, the corner swinging here. Not it's so, so bizarre, too, because you're sitting back, and you're like, all of a sudden, this it's a 
bombshell that yeah. just comes out. And you know Pope Benedict is a man of the church, so he's not just going to, you know, come out and, and, and like a Vigino letter and just throw it out to the public. He obviously talked to Francis about it. He had right. to. I he's mean, a man he's, of the church. He is a man of the <laughs> church. And then you're like, where was I forgot this guy was still. I, and I can't, I can't help but think that, you know, the two of them are working together. So, you know, Francis is on kind of this more public end, advancing and dealing with, for that matter, you know, this whole crisis. But... Benedict can get away with a little bit more, so he can say things that maybe Pope Francis wants to say but can't say publicly because of the backlash. Right. So this is like a backdoor that Francis is able to use. It's almost like you're you know, calling in heavy artillery from the ship. And it was heavy, heavy <laughs> artillery. So if you haven't read it, read we're it. just going to be – yeah, you should read it. And we're going to be going through a few of the talking points from uh, Pope Benedict's letter. So basically – this letter was released by a Pope Benedict to explain from his perspective, historically, from what he's experienced in his life, not only ideologically, but, uh, you know, again, historically, culturally, I should say, what was going on uh, during the sexual revolution, which he says is really the foundation and what led us into the sexual abuse crisis. And there are some shocking, and I'm saying shocking claims uh, in this letter. So to begin with, and this is obviously something that's very dear to my heart is uh, the delegate, delegate for Catholic education in the Diocese of Bismarck having a master's degree being in, in education, being an educator myself. I know, as Father Josh does as a for, former chaplain, as many of you know as well, that education is the bedrock for the cultural foundations of where a society is going or where the church is going or where anything is going because, you know, that's where people are being formed. And he starts... You know, front and center right there saying that it was sex education in the U.S. Uh, and from his perspective in, in Germany in the 1960s that started this whole uh, sexual revolution. And I, I couldn't agree more. Now, I don't know the details of where he's coming from in the 1960s, but I can certainly speak to the absolute debacle that was going on in the 1990s uh, and even back into the 1980s when I would have been in, in grade school. And in the school that I was in, uh, there was a total meltdown uh, in, in, with, a, with, a, with a, uh, a series called New Creation that was coming out. And later on, New Creation or this, this uh, uh, educational book series on sexual education from a Catholic perspective was actually condemned by the USCCB the United States Bishops Conference, but this is when it first came out, and the, the priest of the parish, along with the, the nun who was running the school, decided that this would be a good idea. Now, this thing was, you know, it, from, modern, from a modern standpoint of what's going on in public schools, uh, this thing would have been the most innocent thing out there, but the devout parents who were taking care of this type of education in their own home saw, uh, I believe, the writing on the wall, my parents would have been a part of this, uh, that this was this was not the direction that the Catholic Church, or for that matter, anybody needed it to go in. And we can sum it up as easy as this. When we are talking from a Catholic perspective about sexual education, Catholic lives matter, you know, a very good talking point. When we talk about sexual education from a Catholic perspective, we are not talking about parts and function. Any fool can figure out parts and function, okay? And if they can't, they have a doctor that they can go to or they have a parent that they can talk to that explains the basic anatomy and or, uh, you know, use of the sexual capacity. 
From a Catholic sexual education perspective, the most important thing that we can give the people of God is the purpose and meaning of what God intended this sexual capacity and or function uh, and or masculine femininity, you name it, what it means and how it's supposed to be lived. And if you want to talk about it from that perspective, we're doing the people of God and our children the greatest service on earth by, in fact, indoctrinating them with the truth that Jesus has given us through the church over the last two millennia. One of the greatest people, probably not one of the greatest person in the history of the Catholic Church, to blow the doors open on that particular framework and angle regarding uh, the purpose and meaning is uh, St. John Paul II the Great, right? Uh, if you think of theology of the body, uh, prime example, very taught his splendor and many other documents that he gives us uh, that, that really were the right angle on this particular thing. Now, unfortunately, this has not gone that direction. I can say for certain, I, I only know about the schools in the Diocese of Bismarck, but we are you know, rock solid in this particular area. And the kids that have graduated from our, our Catholic schools will testify to the fact that they have better marriages and better relationships and, and <coughs> chastity and everything else because of it. But where the public sphere is going is exactly where the sexual revolution wanted it to go. And we've moved behind, you know, beyond parts and function. We're not giving meaning at all. The only meaning that's being uh, advanced to the children in the public systems is that you can't control yourself sexually, so have as much sex as you want and just make sure that it's safe and protected and now with the Me Too movement consensual. And so we want to move away from that. But, John, uh, but Benedict begins his letter <coughs> explaining that that's what was happening culturally. Then he makes the shift moving forward that moral theologians in the church began to follow the same direction and more than anything they gave up on the word intrinsic evil and it's interesting that he connects at that point the way that he does like this is one of the things he says is one of the most important parts uh, that drove this dysfunction so for those of you who are listening that may not know what an intrinsic evil is and an intrinsic evil is an evil that no matter what is always evil and can never be justified. Simply put, an easily understood abortion. In this case, it was the sexual dynamic and hermeneutic in which they started to say that things that were sexually, you know, intrinsically immoral in the seminaries, they began to advance theologically were no longer that. Under certain circumstances, maybe certain type of uh, uh, sexual deviation with oneself, with others, however it played out, was okay. And so we had a whole generation uh, of, of priests that began to be formed in that. And he says that John Paul II, very taught of splendor, the splendor of truth, addresses that. And then we're getting the great John Paul II began to address that. Okay? But unfortunately, he goes on to say that this whole movement infiltrated the seminaries, especially seminary formation, and this is where he blows the doors off, and he says, you know, in fact, what everybody thought, there were homosexual cliques that were opening, openly acting out in the seminary. We don't have time to get into the stories uh, that we've all heard, but that, that, that subculture was in fact there and began to leak into the priesthood, okay? When the Vatican tried to investigate, he says, they were openly blocked from particular seminaries. Right? They knew they were there. The lobby said, absolutely not. You're not coming in to investigate it. And so uh, you know, this war began. To the point that he references some stuff that was actually <laughs> happening. He said, the rectory of a particular, the rector, the head of the seminary, of a particular seminary, which he doesn't mention, who he says went on to be a bishop, decided 
that showing seminarians pornography was a good idea because it would help them become resistant to it in the culture. Now, that is the most moronic thing I have ever heard of in my life. Anybody that knows anything about pornography, one thing, stay away from it, right? Don't be looking at it. Don't be searching for it. Keep it at a, as far at bay as possible. And instead, this was actually in the seminaries. And then finally he said, in the U.S. there were bishops who rejected the Catholic tradition and sought to bring about a brand new modern Catholicity uh, in seminarians, right? And so then seminarians who were caught reading, and he quotes says, my books, that means Cardinal Ratzinger's books, were actually uh, thought to be unsuitable for the priesthood. So how many guys did we have that didn't become priests because of that particular subculture and culture uh, that, it, that existed in the seminary. So he says, this is where the pedophilia crisis and predatory homosexual priests came from within the church. And he says so beautifully that the way out of this mess, the way out of this mess is the Blessed Sacrament, particularly reverent and devout receiving of Holy Communion in the state of grace, which means regular confession. And more than anything, we've said on this show God knows how many times that adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, both in the priesthood and in the lay uh, faithful, is what is going to change the church because it gives Jesus the power over hearts. Thank you, everybody. We uh, will be back here just in a little bit. Stay tuned. We're going to kick it to our production assistant for a preview of the next show. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> Tomorrow's show, we've got Heather Caro and Father Tim Smith Coming to you live from South Dakota, we've got in the first hour, Terry Payne. This is an amazing story. We've got one man that got swept off his feet, quite literally, and God showed him that he still had a plan for his life and family. Terry Payne will discuss with us his beautiful journey of faith with God. And this would have been from four years ago until now. I won't give too much away. In the... 9.30 to 9.57, we'll have Straight Talk with Father Tim Smith. And then in the second hour, we'll have an update from Steve Splonskowski, the executive director, to talk about the spring live drive and how that went and his insights on the drive. And we'll also have Father Matt Weering from the Diocese of New Ulm to talk about what it takes to become a deacon, whether it's uh, permanent or Transitional Deacon. All that coming up here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. Hey, thanks uh, for, for promoting the next coming up show. Again, just to, you know, to get back, I, my brother kind of ran that whole thing, and I just let him. He was, he was on fire. The spirit was moving him. <coughs> but, I mean, quite honestly, it is. It's, it's all about the Blessed Sacrament, and, uh, and it's, it's really about letting your light just shine out. And we, we figured, you know, <clears throat> we want to close out this show in a conservative uh, fashion and orthodox fashion because we have so much respect for Pope Benedict XVI and we know how uh, his traditional conservative views and and we wanna we wanna honor that and have a little fun and uh, if you're in your car right now you go ahead and sing along we got a little sing along coming everybody uh, loves this song. everybody loves this song and here we go this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine Everybody! No, we ain't gonna put it out, no Cause I'm gonna let it shine No, we ain't gonna put it out Hey, putting it out Cause I'm gonna let it shine 
know he ain't gonna put it out, no, no. sir, no way. Cause I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm Father Woo! Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz. And until next time, we are the, the Sons, Sons of, of Thunder! This has been Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. Real Presence Live brings you local hosts and guests every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning from 9 to 11 Central. Hear the encore of the Tuesday show on Saturday from 6 to 8 a.m. Central, the encore of the Wednesday show from 8 to 10, and the encore of the Thursday show from 10 to noon. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through our Facebook page, Real Presence Live, local, engaging, live on the Real Presence Radio Network.